Hi there. I have to say before we get going that this podcast, as you might have guessed, has got a lot of frank discussion about dating and all of the things that come along with that, including sex. Yes. And there may even be a few naughty words coming up from time to time, but hopefully only when it's completely necessary. Actually, let's be honest, it's going to be necessary. So this podcast may not be suitable for everyone. Hello, hello, hello. I am Angel Bliss and this is Accidentally MILF Online Dating Adventures After 50, the multi-award winning podcast that has been in the works for the past few years. Yeah, oh my goodness, what a journey. So it's really amazing and quite incredible to be finally talking to you from our studio here in Los Angeles. It really is and it's so, so good to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us. So here's a sneak peek of what's coming up tonight. Nowadays it's all gone. We ended up in bed with no clothes on, as you do. <laughs> and he had this enormous penis. I was like, I don't... I, it's it's a bit big. Like, how, how am I going to handle this penis? Like, come on, universe. As the time ticked on, the realisation that I'd been the victim of some cruel scam began to dawn on me. What the hell was I going to say to Sarah? I'd been so adamant that this guy really was real, and now I felt like such a fool. She said she was 45, but when I showed up, it was clear she was not 45. I'd put her between 62 and 65. And how old were you? I was 29, I believe. That's a bit of a big gap, That isn't was, it? but um, we hit it off. And she invited me back to her place. So, oh my goodness, it all began after I caught my now ex-husband in the act of cheating with another woman a few years ago, and that was the end of the marriage, yes. So, being single had been sprung upon me, but I decided that I wasn't going to take it lying down. Well, at least not lying down alone. I felt a dogged determination to not be a lonely old woman that smelled of cabbage or someone who had knicker cobwebs and only a smelly poodle that might need regular anal gland expression for company. So my friend Patricia helped me sign up on the dating site and I really wasn't expecting very much. I was carrying a few extra pounds and I had no idea how to use a Snapchat filter to iron out the wrinkles, but... Oh my goodness, little did I know that I was about to be propelled into, what can I call it, like a veritable smorgasbord of youthful masculine pheromones, a testosterone fueled sexual Armageddon of wholly conventionally inappropriate proportions. <laughs> you see, it turns out <laughs> that I didn't have a clue about age settings. So I was just picking guys that I thought were attractive without paying much attention to age. So I wasn't matching with middle-aged men who'd let themselves go. Oh, no, no, no. My inbox was filled with drop-dead gorgeous men. It was only when I looked a little closer that I realised that a lot of them were a good 20 years younger than me. Oops. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but actually pretty brilliant at the same time. You see, it seems I'd accidentally become 
what's known in Pornland as a MILF. Look it up. I have to admit being a bit flattered by the term. <laughs> my marriage may have been over, but wakey, wakey, my scandalous love life was just about to begin. And you're going to hear all about it. Coming up in this series are the most outrageous, exhilarating and extreme stories of what came next. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my first few dates included a guy who'd been a Playgirl centrefold. Oh yes, a serial con man, a stand-up comedian with long locks who told the filthiest jokes, a pimp and a guy who wanted to be my slave. And that was just for starters. So strap in to hear these salacious details of my unconventional dating experiences as a um, mature British woman living in Los Angeles who decided to throw convention out of the window and have a blast. But this podcast isn't just about my adventures. Over the years of my dating, I've learned many hard lessons and I want to share my mistakes with you so that you don't have to make them too. So we're going to be collecting a ton of dating hints and tips as we go through the series. So by the end of it, you're going to be an expert and you can avoid all of the pitfalls that I fell into. And I want to hear about your dating experiences too. I want us to build a really supportive community of daters who can swap anecdotes and laugh along with and learn from each other. Come on, let's share in the fun. It's going to be inspirational as well as cautionary and there are plenty of laughs coming, usually at my expense. I cannot believe that I signed up to do this, but I'm really, really glad that I did and that you're here to listen. So welcome. This is Accidentally Milf. So I'm here in this beautiful studio with three beautiful people that you're going to get to know more as the episodes unfold. The first person I'm not going to reveal the identity of quite yet. That's going to be a big surprise. But here on my left is the beautiful studio engineer, Richard. Hello. He's the one who puts in all the sound effects and loves a cheering crowd, yes. He's a kind of surfer dude with long blonde hair and he comes from Houston in Texas, yes. And also here is Freddie, the studio producer. He loves men just as much as I do. Yes. And he's my friend from England who's been on the receiving end of my dating stories for a long, long time and he was one of the people who persuaded me to do this podcast and he's the one who named me Angel Bliss. Oh, that's a big cheer. <laughs> And my friend Sarah is going to be joining us on the phone in a little while. So, it, it all kind of started off when I broke up with my husband. I was a novice of swine. I didn't understand what left meant, what right meant, what upwards meant. Um, but I, I learned very quickly the ropes. Why did you decide to go on Tinder? I just thought, oh, well, my marriage is over, so I need to find a new boyfriend. But obviously, in a million years, I didn't want to find a new boyfriend. It took me a while to realise that what I was trying to do was discover whether or not I could still be attractive. It was just like a popularity contest. And I think a lot of people do do it for that purpose, initially at least. It's self-affirming. Yeah. But then my whole life like got whooped up in... Um, 
a hurricane-like storm. And the, the reason that I decided to do this podcast was because I told loads of people what I was doing and everybody wanted to know every gory detail. I, everyone was horrified and shocked, but everybody was just absolutely fascinated. They didn't want to do it, they said, but I think that a lot of my friends lived vicariously through me. Who's the first person you matched with and chatted to? Well, there was this guy... I liked him because he looked really good, but also he had stuff going on. Like, he wasn't just like an airhead who asked you what your favourite colour was. So he was a good look. He was, unfortunately, he was 20 years younger than me, so wholly age inappropriate. But actually, you know, for me at age 53, to attract somebody who was 20 years younger than me that was really good looking and intelligent, that, that was actually, I think I did quite well with that. I know it sounds too outlandish to be true, but he was extremely good-looking, toned and muscly, and what I really loved about him was that he was a screenwriter and he'd actually written a movie that got made, and it was about a guy whose penis had vanished in the night and then reappeared as a human to sabotage his <laughs> love life. I mean, like you've got to be pretty clever to come up with that sort of thing, haven't you? Anyway, so I was super intrigued by him. Oh, and another thing... He also works as a go-go dancer in the gay bars in Hollywood, but was actually straight, like apparently a lot of them are. So effectively, he danced to get dollar bills placed in his pants by lusty punters. That's how good-looking he was. But not only that, and I absolutely promise you this is true, but guess what? He'd actually also done a spread in Playgirl, which he sent me the link to, and it was impossible to ignore that he had a really generously proportioned penis. I mean, <laughs> I have to admit, it was hard to believe that this really was the guy that I was talking to who seemed interested in little old me. So my friend Sarah was like, girl, be careful, sounds like you're being scammed. I remember thinking, this has got to be a scam. This this person can't exist. I've always watched the TV show Catfish, and I just thought, this it just sounds too much. Like, all of these things, the pictures, definitely, I just thought, this guy absolutely doesn't look like his pictures, 100%. He's going to be, like, I don't know, £350 and, uh, and about 95 He's definitely not going to be all ripped with a giant penis. I felt awful. I just thought, I was just like, are you sure? And you were like, no, no, definitely. It's definitely is who it is. And I was like, really? It, it does sound a bit too good to be true. He was so extreme that I just didn't believe that he would exist sort of like on the <laughs> dating site. He was so ripped. He was so good looking. His penis was so large. <laughs> you and me will be all right. It seemed a little bit too good to be true or too much of a good story to be true, but I believed it was, and I spent three weeks furiously texting back and forth with this guy, um, and I thought we'd established quite a cool connection. I just thought it was going to be good. My friends were like, get him to take a photograph with your name on, hello, Angel. <laughs> and then at least that way, you would know that he was who he said he was in the photo. And I remember you just thinking this is the most ridiculous thing. And I was just like, no, no, you really need to do this. I was really concerned about your safety. But I didn't. I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to piss him off. I thought, well, no, that'll just think, he'll think I don't trust him. I guess that's what Catfish exploit. I know now that that was really good advice. If you're ever worried that someone might not be who they're claiming to be, the thing to do is to ask them to send you a photo of themselves holding up a sign with your name on it. And that way you know that they're not using stolen photos. You should never be scared of asking someone to identify themselves. And if they get mad, then the chances are that they are a catfish. 
Anyway, so I didn't ask him to do that. But the thing that I liked about him more than anything was that I actually could have a conversation with him. So we had this real back and forth for, uh, I don't know how long it was, maybe like three weeks before we finally met. The plan was that I was going to drive over to his place and pick him up and bring him back to mine because he said he couldn't use his car, which I thought was a little bit weird at the time. And I don't know what possessed me, but on the way to meet him, I thought, I need to record how I'm feeling now because this is really kind of interesting. So I recorded a little clip on my phone driving in my car. So should we listen to it? Yeah. adrenaline coursing through my veins. I've hardly eaten all day, I'm just not hungry. Um, I've had to sort of force myself to eat stuff because I'm so excited. I've also been really stressed, kind of trying to get loads of stuff done in preparation for it, like mopping the floor. I didn't even get round to mopping the floor, but I did things like, oh, got my eyelashes done and got my nails done and uh, cleaned my bedroom. And so the upside of all this adventure is it's really exciting when you're about to do something and meet someone. It's like, oh, I'm, like I've got a knot in my stomach right now. The last couple of days, he's cooled off a little in the texting. And I don't know whether that's just because he thinks, oh, job done, meeting a Friday, don't need to work anymore. I don't know. It's so scary meeting someone you've been so intimate with virtually in Cyberland and shared so much kind of personal stuff, really, I suppose. Um, and then you're actually meeting them in person for the first time with a huge expectation. I'm trying to be open to it just being a disaster and having a laugh about it. I hope it's not a disappointment. In two miles. So, this is date number one. Take a slight right turn to march Hopefully. on to CA 170 South oh, toward okay. Hollywood. Oh, gotta go Hollywood. I'm like really super stimulated that this is what I'm doing and it feels right and it feels like a good thing to do for me in general. And it's good that it's actually happening and that he didn't blow me out on the last minute. Sarah's freaked me out that it could be a catfish. I don't think it is. Um, but you know, there's all kinds of things that might happen. Who the heck knows? But anyway, here we go. <laughs> I'll report back. Oh dear. This is like, um, this is like an ep epic, an epic movie, isn't it? Um, all right. Ooh, I'm scared. Wish me luck. Bye. So I arrived at his apartment building and I texted him some sort of cute text saying I was outside in a red jeep, but weirdly didn't reply. So I waited and I waited and I waited a bit more and all kinds of things were going through my head. As the time ticked on, the realisation that I'd been the victim of some cruel scam began to dawn on me. What the hell was I going to say to Sarah? I'd been so adamant that this guy really was real and now I felt like such a fool. That was it. Obviously, online dating wasn't for me. I was glad I hadn't mopped the floor and at least I'd, like, newly done nails and lashes. I thought I should be grateful that some axe murderer hadn't jumped in and held a knife to my throat. I don't know. I just felt really, really foolish. I gave it 15 minutes. I kept looking at the clock and I was like, as soon as that little finger's on 15, I'm going to um, I'm gonna leave. Got to 15. I turned on the ignition to drive away with my tail between my legs. I looked in the rearview mirror before pulling away and guess what? <laughs> I saw a figure that I recognised coming towards me. Oh my God. It was him. It really was him. 
my stomach lurched in abject fear. I, I, it was it was just indescribable, and I felt the blood draining from my face as he opened the passenger door and got in. Oh my God, he looked so young. And that's because compared to me, he was. He was 20 whole years younger. And I can't believe that I didn't expect him to look the age he was. He was 33. I thought he was going to look 45, but he didn't. He looked 33. Duh! And I don't know why I assumed he would look older, but he, he didn't. And it literally, it left me speechless. I didn't... I was just... I, no words were coming out of my mouth because it was just like, oh, my God. And it was my first ever date with anybody in... 20 years I'd been married for 17 years and then he couldn't have been more lovely he was like what's wrong because you're not speaking I was like it's just because my friend said that you might be a catfish in it and you're not and I was just kind of freaked out because you'd been a long time and he's like why don't we just take a photograph saying hello Sarah he said let's do it when we get back to your house and then I can maybe strip down and give her a little surprise <laughs> <laughs> so we came back to the house and in case you haven't realised, it was quite obvious that we were going to have sex just because of the conversation we'd had, which had been going on for three weeks. And I felt like we, I, we knew each other really well and I trusted him from that perspective. But I hadn't had sex with anybody other than my husband for 17 years or something. So it was a long time since I'd even shown my body to somebody other than my husband. So it was almost like having sex for the first time, really. But with, like, a really, a really gorgeous man. Um, so, you know, he had these muscles. He'd done a Playgirl spread. I mean, what? how was this happening to me? Um, anyway, so we got to the house. Um, we had a couple of drinks and sat and chatted for a while. Uh, and then he started kissing me, which was just, like, delightful. And he always said that he thought that kissing was an art form, and I really agree with that. And then it, it came the time to go to the bedroom, and he was like, let's go to the bedroom. I know it sounds a bit of a cliche. Um, so we went to the bedroom. I was like, oh, my goodness, I've got to take my clothes off. Oh, my goodness. So I was like, I know, I'll turn the lights off, and let's just have candles tip for you girls if you're a bit embarrassed about your body candlelight is a lot more flattering than big floodlights but also I think when you have sex it's nice to not have the lights fully off because you want to see what you're doing don't you or who you're doing <laughs> anyway so, <laughs> so he started to take my clothes off and with every garment that he took off he really complimented me and said what a beautiful body I'd had and Oh my goodness, that makes such a big difference because sex is all about confidence, isn't it? Sexuality and sexual attraction is rooted in your own self-confidence. So if you compliment somebody, it makes them more sexually attractive. I really believe that. He was a master at that. We ended up in bed with no clothes on, as you do. And he had this enormous penis. I was like, I don't... I, it's, it's a bit big. Like, <laughs> how, how am I going to handle this penis? Like, come on, universe. For my first sexual experience after my husband, you've landed me this guy with an enormous penis. I mean, what about breaking a girl in gently? I don't know. So he'd obviously had a lot of experience of sex. I could tell by the way that he did it. 
the condoms came out. We discussed that before. That's how the, that's one of the reasons why I knew that it was on the agenda because we talked about safe sex and yeah, condoms. So the condoms came out and they were the big ones, the, the magnum ones. <laughs> it's always a sign of a man with a big penis if he carries magnum condoms around. And uh, we're not sponsored by Magnum Condoms. Not yet. Anyway, maybe we should give him a call. <laughs> he was an extremely generous lover. It was good. I mean, goodness me, it was really, really good. And I discovered a, a kind of part of my sexuality that I hadn't really felt or seen for a long, long time. I felt really attractive. And I think one thing that is a real positive when you sleep with somebody that's really attractive is when they find you really attractive. It's really affirming for your confidence. And I think there's nothing more sexy than someone who's confident. And so it's like a, a self-fulfilling loop. I could see that he found me really attractive. Therefore, I felt really attractive. Therefore, I was really attractive. It was very kind of adventurous, did all kinds of different positions. And then also very crucially, afterwards, he kind of lay in the bed and cuddled me. I've now I know, now I know this guy a little bit more. You'll find out more about that in a second. But um, I realised that he just knows that that's the kind of thing that you need to do when you had sex with somebody to make them feel good. And he's a nice <laughs> enough guy that he'll do it, even though he doesn't really probably feel like cuddling anybody. But for me, that was quite important. Anyway, we got up finally. And um, he said, oh, why don't we do the, the Hello Sarah photos? So he lay on my couch in his boxer, not boxers, in his, what are they called? Skimpy men's, Richard, what are they called? Those, those pants that men wear, they're not boxer shorts. What are they called? Why fronts? But they were like, what are they called? Briefs. <laughs> he had on this pair of skimpy, I think they were green briefs. And he lay on my couch with a teddy bear holding up a sign that said, hello, Sarah. And I texted it, it to her straight away, um, which provoked a, a very hilarious response from her. I mean, I still wasn't convinced he might not have been a serial killer. I just literally couldn't believe it. I laughed so much. Just because of the irony of the sign after you'd met him, so that was funny, and um, <laughs> and he was and he was who he said he was, and uh, just made me laugh so much. And I was really glad for you. You were right, and I was wrong. But it was just funny. It was really funny. The photograph of him with his green briefs holding the teddy and the sign saying hello Sarah was so funny I actually had it made into a couple of blankets <laughs> so you can actually lie under the blanket and look like this guy is spread eagled on top of you. <laughs> And he hung around for another hour or two or thereabouts and then I drove him home and it was like, okay, well, I'll see you soon. Yeah, we'll be in touch, whatever. And that was the end of my night. If you're going to pick a Tinder date for yourself, for your first date coming out of a marriage, he would be the person that you would want to have the date with. Anyway, so I did record myself straight after the date. It's really, really embarrassing for me to listen back to it, but I promise I will share it with you after this quick break where we've got to hear some messages from our sponsors. Also after the break, we'll be hearing from my extra special guest who'll be telling us all about a date he had with a woman 35 years older than him. We'll be right back. 
We would love you to join our Accidentally Mill family, the AmFams. Please visit our website at accidentallymilf.com where you're going to find links to all of our socials as well as some hints and tips and even a shop where you can bag some goodies as well as lots of other information. Let's build a fun and supportive community of AmFams on Facebook and at accidentallymilf.com. Hello again and welcome back. Okay, it's time for me to share the recording that I made after the date. And oh my goodness, it's a little bit embarrassing. Hello. <laughs> it is, oh, oh heck, it's 20 to 5 in the morning. Um, Later that night and I'm basking in the afterglow of a really nice time. It was brilliant. Really, really liked him. He did freak me out when he when he first came to the car because he looked really young. Um, but that's because he is really young. But I didn't think he would look as young as he is. I shouldn't have been surprised, really, should I? But I soon got over it, and he was just amazing. He was a really good kisser and a really great lover I think we will see each other again I don't think it's going to be the romance of the century I just need to remember to not be scared and to just be confident I think it's hard act to follow <sighs> I suppose I should carry on doing Tinder and see who pops up who might be more age appropriate but I'm in no mad rush really it was really lovely and I just want to do it again. So, that was good. Good experience. Nowadays, it's <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing listening back to that. Yes, it, it certainly was a good experience. You can hear you can hear in my voice that I was completely blissed out and it was with good reason. Let's just say that um, the Playgirl spread didn't lie. There was absolutely no photoshopping going on on Johnny's part. <laughs> anyway, so that was a few months ago and... Actually, I was absolutely right. We became firm, firm buddies. Um, it wasn't the romance of the century, but it was never going to be. Um, but we actually became really good friends and Johnny became my go-to for dating advice. And I'm very happy to say that he is actually the fourth person that's in the room today. Yay! <laughs> Yes, meet the fabulous man who's graced the pages of Playgirl, written a movie about a man whose penis vanished and danced in his pants in Hollywood for dollar bills. He was also my very first accidentally milf date, Johnny Tooties. Yay! <laughs> because he is just, like, he's got a massive amount of experience of dating and he's a really cool and good guy and I now consider him one of my closest friends in the whole world. So thank, thank you. you for thank coming. You. No, thank you for having me. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Okay, do you remember how, how I reacted when you got in the car? Yeah, I thought you were horrified. I thought like I had some shit on my face. <laughs> because I felt bad that you had agreed to pick me up because my car... Uh, it couldn't pass the smog test in California, so you would come down and agree to meet me, 
and you're waiting there in front of my apartment building and you just have like this look of like you're stunned or shocked or just terrified horrified and i was like oh fuck like she doesn't like what she sees or what and i get in your car and you're just kind of like looking at me like i'm like a t-rex like Jurassic Park or something like how is this shit real and I was like hello nice to you You were really sweet you were like what you're worried about you're beautiful I remember yeah I I did not but I was ready like to get out of the car and go back to the apartment Really? Well, because you, you thought because I, I thought you were you. yeah and I was like well if it's gonna be weird you know I may as well just get out no, right now the truth of it was you just looked way younger than I thought you were gonna look I thought you were gonna look early forties and I don't know why I thought that because you don't look early forties in your pictures and maybe I just like fooled myself but and I was just like oh shit he is only thirty you were <gasps> nice I thought you were a little nervous a little skinny you were driving I remember and. You know, up to your compound in the valley where you were staying at the first house. And um, just you a little giggly and laughy and, and smiley. And um, in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, she's like, I was thinking, all right, I want to sleep with her. We're going to her place, probably go sleep together. In my mind, I was like, well, how am I going to get home? Because like, I don't <laughs> want her to have to drive me back either. <laughs> But you were like your pictures. You were playful, and you always came across playful and, and text and everything. But I didn't expect us to, after the initial uh, connection and meetup, I didn't expect us to have a friendship outside of that. Because most of the time, if I sleep with someone, it's things typically fade. It's very rare that a friendship blossoms from from a, a sexual uh, meetup it was really weird actually because i had this thing like i knew it wasn't going to be a romance like a romance but i just knew that there was something to be done and i didn't it was a bit like a kind of psychic thing i kind of had this thing like i need to do something with him <laughs> no no don't be the sexual no it was really weird it was really weird but i just kind no, of I remember knew. You telling me did i yes you did yeah, and I think I even said to you. You did, and then yeah. it heard so much lip service in my time in Los Angeles. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, we'll see. And then, you know, things happen, and now here we are. So, Johnny's got way more experience of online dating than I have, and he's got some really funny stories. I'm not the most skinny of chicks in the land. Like, I'm carrying a few extra pounds, and I thought that that might get in my way of attracting, like, cool, nice men. Do women need to be concerned if they're a little bit overweight? No, and a lot of guys like it. I mean, I've been lifting weights and in the gym since uh, senior year of high school. If anything, one thing I've heard across the board from women with a a little more to love and a little extra flesh is um, that guys who are are muscular and they tend to enjoy women who are more thickly proportioned funny you should say that i get tons and tons of personal trainers that match with me and i always think they're just touting for business (laughs) i I mean it's i've had personal trainer friends who parlayed hookups into uh professional relationships but uh and, and vice versa but it's there's just something biological you know with 
I mean, it's you know, the hips and butt and, and curves like that's universal and it's feminine. And I think guy, guys who work out, they tend to be rooted more in masculinity. So for show, you'll see a lot of them with the, the gym bunnies and stuff like that. You know, when people assume I want like little blonde spinners and hey, give them to me. That's fine. But <laughs> there is uh, no shame when it comes to, to curvier women. I see curves and a little bit extra flesh and a soft body. I see that as sexy and feminine. And it comes down to the contrast, you know, muscular guy and feminine woman. What about like wobbly cellulite? Is that okay? <laughs> There's a great line in Pulp Fiction where Bruce Willis's girlfriend says, what's pleasing to the touch is seldom pleasing to the eye. And it's a great line. So do I not need to go on a diet then? No. If you feel sexy, <laughs> if you feel sexy, you feel confident, go out and rock it. I mean, it, obviously you're getting a ton of attention, so you look great. But... So just wear it well, get good clothes, do your hair, have nice makeup, feel don't sexy, go over the top. Project your sexiness, project right. your confidence. Okay. I mean, a, a confident, curvy woman is fucking hot. What about the age thing? Like, you were 20 years younger than me, you didn't seem phased by going on a date. No, I mean, it's because with older women, I... I tend to get on better with them. Sexually, I'm firing on all cylinders. So it's usually women who are in their 40s or older, and those are the women I connect with best. There is intellectual common grounds, and there's less lapses in conversation. They get my pop culture references, my sense of humor. They appreciate more. They appreciate uh, cerebral uh, acumen more. And then sexually, it's just they've been there. They know what they like. They're confident about it. There's more seamlessness there, and it creates more carnal opportunity. <laughs> okay. I believe that the popularity of women like me, women in their 50s, who are not on the skinnier side, I think we've got MILF porn to thank for uh, our sexualization. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There is a novelty factor that a lot of younger guys, they want to have that experience. I don't think it's as uh, is equal. I think guys are more into older women than women are into younger men. I feel that there's been, there's a lot of societal disapproval when it's this way around, when it's older women dating younger man, men. And obviously the other way around is kind of completely accepted. Well, yeah, well, it's also like if a girl sleeps around with a lot of people, she's a slut. If a guy fucks a lot of women, he's a stud. You know, it's, it's definitely a double standard, and that's just rooted in uh, societal norms and just the culture. But, I mean, it's not... It used to be much more taboo for older women to be with a younger guy. Now it's, you know, people like Kate Beckinsale. I keep citing the French president, who I think is 39, oh, yeah, 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 and his yeah. wife's like 65 Yeah, or I think she used to be his teacher, too. Yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. She did. Now, people think it's weird, and people think there must be something wrong with the woman. Yeah, it, they do. do like, they're is? like, how is she damaged? Or yeah. is she trying to keep her youth? Like, the guy is like a standard for yeah, the youth is. or something. Why wouldn't yeah. you want to try and keep youth, though? Like, why? Like, I go... I go on Tinder and men my age look ancient and they don't look after themselves. A lot of straight men, when they get past 50, they look 70. And I'm sorry, but I don't want to go out with a man who looks 70. I don't want even to go out with a man who looks my age, really, because they're just not very attractive. So what's the girl to do? I mean, faced with the two options, one is a really cute younger guy and one is an old fart who's, like, gone to seed. It's a no-brainer. 
Yeah, I mean, just don't be derailed by by other people's opinions. I'd like to date somebody my own age, but I'm not going to date someone that I don't find attractive. Like I, I'm, I refuse to do that. Yeah, but could you could you seriously date someone twenty years younger than you as equal, or, or do you find like because I find when I if I connect with someone, a woman who's younger than me, usually in her 20s, there tends to be, unless she's mature for her age, there tends to be a gap there, you know, as far as, I don't want to say intelligence, but conversation-wise, we can't talk about a lot of the same things. Or she, she, There's not a lot of common ground there, unless, you know, she's... Like I said, mature for her age. Right. But the, the sex is great. I think the older you are, though, the less the gap matters. Like, if you were 40, 40 and 20 is a huge gap. Mm -hmm. But 53, 33 wasn't that... I, I don't feel it was that completely out of... No, and, it, like, it's okay. I think that men my age that look good just go for younger women. So oh, I, don't, I don't. I think the only men my age that I seem to be able to attract... Are the really ugly ones, men my age that, that look good, they want somebody who can maybe have younger, kids still. Younger men want older women and older men who take care of themselves or look good or who have uh, achieved a certain financial success feel like it's their uh, birthright to fuck younger, beautiful mm -hmm. women and that they've worked hard to, uh, mm -hmm. to earn, and they've earned that. What's the oldest woman that you've slept with? Oh, man. Well, I... <laughs> she said she was 45 but when i showed up for this was a few years ago it was clear she was not 45 like the pictures were of her but uh they were not recent pictures i'd put her between 62 and 65 and how old were you i was 29 i believe that's a bit of a big gap, that was it? and i yeah. uh she still looked good for her uh for her age but <laughs> I, I was a little, I felt like she had engaged in some deception, which I don't like. That's not nice. Yeah. It's not a good start. No, but I understand why people do it because they, they're lonely and they feel like I hold up in person. So if I can just meet this person, then maybe mm -hmm. they'll see how I am. Mm -hmm. So I understand their side of it, even if I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. But we, um, we had drinks at this bar in Studio City. And she ordered some blueberry ale or something. It was like 20 bucks for a bottle. And this is back when I had like no money. So I'm like, fuck. I think I ordered like a... I would bring my flask on dates a lot back then. So I think I ordered like a soda water and then snuck it in the bathroom and filled it up with vodka. Because uh, if I could save 12, 15 bucks, that was gas or that went to a bill or whatever. But, um... We hit it off, and she invited me back to her place. Wouldn't I go in? And she's got like a lot of old timey stuff in there. What's like like a doily on Afghan? Oh, and, uh, no. It's just like this smell. It kind of smelled like mothballs. <laughs> it smelled like old ladies. Like it smelled like old lady. There was a dish with hard candy right? like the <laughs> strawberry ones and some butterscotch did you real teeth yeah because well we'll get into that <laughs> i kept looking around to see if she had any pictures with like teddy roosevelt or anything <laughs> but um 
So we go to bed, and to her bed, and it's just, it's just old lady vibe all over the house. And Did you get off on that, though? Be honest. No, it was a little too much for me. It, was, <laughs> it reminded me of going to my grandparents when I was younger in the summer. So we go to her bed, and it's like not a comforter. There's a quilt. Oh, my gosh, shit. <laughs> um, and think I'm like, well, you're here. This will be a good experience. So we proceeded, as I would. And... Uh, <laughs> I know that her teeth were real because I would have had, I would have seen if she would have gummed me. Yeah. <laughs> I have great, a friend. I've heard great things about I gumming. I have a friend. I have a friend who, she's not got them anymore and I'm not going to name her, mm-hmm. but she used to have false teeth and she'd whip them out before she did a blowjob. She was infamous for it and then put them back in quickly. Men loved it. Well, my mom wrote a book about a country music star and he, uh, there's a story going around that he, had a lover and he paid for her to have her teeth removed so that she could get dentures so that when she went down on him he could get a gum job oh (laughs) well that's but here's the thing like i don't care like how good a gum job might feel if i'm looking over at like a glass of teeth that's not gonna really turn me on but um we we did the deed and then she gave me a a massage with some oils i don't know it's like lanolin or something or um but, uh, like, she wanted to go again. You must have been good. You must have given her a well, good scene, too. Like, right, well. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, okay, but just give me a sec. And so she disappears, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And she comes back, she's pulling in an oxygen tank. No <laughs> way! <laughs> I was a little yeah. surprised. And I didn't know if she wanted to incorporate it into our love making. She said she got a little out of breath from the last one and that she wanted that just in case. So we went again. Um, we didn't have to use the oxygen tank, luckily. I was kind of hoping we did. Like, when I had her bent over, I was going pretty hard because when she brought the tank out, I wanted it to be used. Of course, well, if it's, it's there, like if it's it'd there, be there, it's to like, not use it, wouldn't so, it? But uh, we finished up. Oh, you know, I didn't want to hang around. She started talking in the future tense. Oh, I can't wait to cook oh, for you. No. Can't wait for you to meet my grandson. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to politely make my escape. And I left. And then she would hit me up after that for a little while. And I kind of just phased out. Did you see her again? Never saw her again. But we'd okay. see each other on dating apps years after. And she'd still reach out to me. and. I wonder if she's still alive now. Yeah, she's uh, she's a nice lady, and she yeah. was vivacious enough. I'm sure she's still alive. I'm sure she's still in that house. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was an experience. <laughs> I love that story so much. Oh, my goodness. She brought an oxygen tank into the bedroom. Come on, guys. Tell me your dating stories. What strange things have you witnessed being brought into the bedroom? Can you top an oxygen tank? <gasps> oh, anyway, all I need you to do is just record your story into your phone, send it in, and if we use it in this podcast, we will send you a really nice thank you gift. 
So go to our website at accidentallymilf.com where you'll find all the details of where to send it. And also on that website, there's lots of information as well as some really great dating tips and, of course, links to all of our social media on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And please join in the fun by coming and having a look at our socials. Okay, so before we go, we're going to have a quick recap of the things that we've learned today. Number one, do not use out-of-date photos on your dating profile. It's just a recipe for disaster and disappointment. Number two, if you're a bit embarrassed about your body, girls and boys, candlelight is where it's at. Make sure you've got lots of nice scented candles when you're entertaining. And number three, manage your expectations. Don't get carried away thinking a date that you're going on is going to be the romance of the century. Keep an open mind. You never know what's going to happen. Look at the case of me and Johnny. We ended up being really good friends and I really value that relationship. So maybe that will happen to you too. I really appreciate you listening. We all do. And I really hope that you'll join us again next time. Oh, my goodness. The next episode is going to be a cracker. It's one of those toe-curlingly embarrassing stories. You're going to be laughing at my expense. That's all I'm going to say. But it's going to be worth tuning in for. Johnny is going to be telling us how he deals with women who do not look like their pictures. And there is my favourite catfish story ever. Here's a sneak preview. Here's the thing for a lot of guys. We can fuck a lot of women that we may not otherwise be that attracted to. Women can be, and this sounds terrible, but one night stands, it's like going to the bathroom. It's like sometimes you just need a porta potty. And he waved at me and I'm like, oh, you're not fucking serious, are you? He slumped over to me and said, wait for it. We are going to have the sex now. (laughs) (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate a nice review. Please subscribe so that you don't miss any of the episodes and tell your friends about it. We want to build a really great community of accidentally mill family. That's the AmFams. So come and join our AmFam gang. You're already part of that community just by being here listening right now. All I need to do now is say a really big thank you to Richard. Yes, and to Freddie. Yay! And, of course, to the amazing, the inimitable Johnny Two Ts. But more than that, I want to say thank you to you for being here. We really appreciate you. (laughs) Big cheer for you all there from Richard. Okay, stay safe out there, especially if you're online dating. Lots of love. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by the fab team at Glistening Productions. It was produced by Angela Smith and Jeff Titro. Music is by Epidemic Sound and the theme music is by Ten Towers. Studio producer was Freddie Chopper. Studio engineer is the lovely Richard Venti. Consulting producer is Phil Parsons. Executive producers are Angela Smith and M. Jacoby. And I'm your host, Angel Bliss, with special guest Johnny Two Ts. Glistening Productions. <laughs> <laughs>
I went on a date with a veterinarian and I couldn't resist. I said to him, I bet you love doing it doggy style. <laughs>